Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm your interviewer, Miguel Hernandez. I'm a fourth-year OSU senior majoring in the Arts and Science program with a concentration in Latin American Studies. Today we have Mrs. Ramona Reyes, who serves as the director of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and we will briefly discuss the work that she does for the Latino community here in Columbus, Ohio. Ramona is originally, originally came to Columbus when she was awarded the Campbell Soup Migrant Scholarship, a scholarship for the children of migrant farm working families to attend Ohio State University, earning her Bachelor's of Science degree in Marketing and Transportation Logistics. While at Ohio State, she was a member and president of Alpha Psi Lambda Fraternity and cabinet member of the undergraduate student government. She is an alumnus of the National Hispana Leadership Institute, a grassroots leadership program. Ramona, first and foremost, thank you for taking the time out from your busy schedule to come out today to the OSU campus and to be able to be interviewed for this podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. Ramona, I know you moved to Ohio to attend the university. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from a little town called Westlaco, Texas. It is most um, known by being really close to South Padre Island near Brownsville, Texas. So the tip of Texas. Okay, okay, okay. And so you are Tejana. I am Tejana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was the hardest thing about leaving home? Um, well, obviously, leaving my family, uh, but probably primarily... The fact that uh, about 70 to 80 percent of the people that lived in Westlaco looked like me, talked like me. Uh, we had um, Tex-Mex food. Uh, that I really, really missed. Uh, a lot of people forget that it took a while before the Mexican cuisine actually took off here in Columbus. Uh, but even so, that's a little bit different than the Tex-Mex food that I'm used to. So that is something I really, really missed. And even though I like seeing snow. I prefer hot, sunny days. And sun, and it's pretty hot in South Texas. But uh, I really, I really prefer that type of weather. But uh, I've been in Ohio now for over 30 years. So I've kind of gotten, I guess, used to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. Wow. 30 years. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I remember when we first met a few months ago at the organization, uh, you mentioned that you worked for Nationwide for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, why the change from the insurance industry to work for the Our Lady of Guadalupe? I will tell you, Miguel, it was difficult. It was a difficult decision, um, primarily because I kind of grew up at, at uh, Nationwide. Yeah. You know, I gave it about 24 years. I was fresh out of college. It gave me a great opportunity. gave me a lot of training. Uh, it really... When I run into a lot of the leaders that were mentors of mine and provided me guidance through my career, I tell them, I believe Nationwide really prepared me for this position. But it was a position that was hard to pass up. Um, when you get the opportunity to build something with an organization as um, deep and uh, influential as Catholic Social Services I'm Catholic, mm-hmm. so that gave me an opportunity. And then being Latina his, or Hispanic, as some may uh, say, uh, and starting a Hispanic organization, giving that opportunity to go from a food pantry to a community center was just something that I felt I was prepared for. I felt it was something I had to do. 
And uh, a lot of people talk about dream jobs. And um, I never thought that that's where my goal or my route was going to take me. But uh, I'm definitely very grateful and blessed. And uh, it's it's got its challenges. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's got uh, numerous rewards. And uh, about Our Lady of Guadalupe, so it is a nonprofit organization. That's correct. And what year did this organization begin? So again, uh, we are a program of Catholic Social Services. So mm-hmm. Catholic Social Services has been around for several decades. Okay. But the Our Lady of Guadalupe Center actually began in 1999. Uh, our founder, um, uh, Ms. Santos, actually uh, from California, mm-hmm. Uh, came with her children to Columbus and started a, I guess you could say, a food pantry out of the back of her van in 99 in Lincoln Park West, where um, the predominant uh, Latino, Mexican-American population was actually settling when coming to Columbus. Uh, Shortly thereafter, uh, Catholic Social Services found out about them and gave them some space in the business office of Lincoln Park West, and they've moved several times since then. And in 2006, they moved to uh, Industry uh, Drive over in the west side off of Wilson and Valley View. And uh, in uh, 20, actually last year, in 2017, uh, May 4th, we actually transitioned successfully into a full-fledged community center with wraparound services. Wow, that's awesome. Awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. And you yourself, how did you hear about Our Lady of Guadalupe? You know, it was it was surprising that um, I I was very involved in what I thought was a Columbus Latino community. And um, I actually didn't know much about the Guadalupe Center until I was actually referred to the CEO by one of their board members who was a nationwide employee. They, um, I was uh, publishing the Who's Who in Latino Columbus, and they wanted me to meet with her to talk about possible candidates that she could reach out to, Latino candidates that could actually be interested in this position, this director position with Our Lady Guadalupe, and um, help make this a, a reality. And uh, our 20, 30-minute conversation ended up being about an hour long. And when I walked out, um, and I really felt really good about the organization. I went and talked to my mentor about the conversation. And when I was done with him, I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, I, I really feel this is something that is calling me and I and I really want to do this. Uh, but again, like I said before, it was difficult because I had grown up at Nationwide Insurance. Um, it actually took me about two years to make the decision in addition to um, the Catholic Social Services was looking for the funding and building the funding stream in order to hire the director. Uh, so all the timing, everything kind of the stars aligned, I guess, for a cliche. And um, and I really, really feel um, comfortable and very lucky and blessed to, to take that opportunity. I can definitely tell. I can definitely tell. <laughs> And about Our Lady of Guadalupe, how do new clients get to hear about the organization? Is it the newspaper, the radio, word of mouth? Well, it, again, it's been around since 1999. So mm-hmm. a lot of people really know about the Our Lady of Guadalupe, a lot of people that uh, definitely need our services. Mm-hmm. But in the last several years since we've transferred into a community center, we also needed to do a little bit of advertising. We've been on um, a couple of 
uh, news articles with the Columbus Dispatch. We've done um, Catholic Radio. We've done several other outreach to make sure that people know that we are more than a pantry. We've got other additional services, English classes, legal services. Uh, We're getting ready to um, hire a social worker so we can do some extensive case management that uh, will provide a little bit more assistance. So the whole mission of Catholic Social Services is to help people get out of poverty, be that platform that provides all those resources. If we don't have those resources, then we have somewhere that we can refer people. There are very strong partners on the West Side and throughout this community that can assist uh, the clientele and the families that we're serving. Thank you. Thank you. That sounds, that sounds really, really awesome. And uh, what is the largest number of family members in a household that Our Lady of Guadalupe has served to date, the largest? So we, um, so we serve about 749 households, which mm-hmm. equates over 3,400 individuals in the pantry alone. Wow. Uh, the average size of our families are four, four mm-hmm. individuals in the family. But now that we're a full community center, we've probably added another 150 individuals that, again, are coming to our English classes, our nutrition classes. Mm -hmm. We have women's support groups and social groups. Uh, There's a lot of isolation Mm -hmm. in the immigrant uh, population. So we really um, are trying to build programs that our community, our families are asking for. So everything is grown organically based on the desire and the needs of the families that actually come to the center. Okay, okay, definitely. And what are the qualifications to becoming a client at Our Lady of Guadalupe? That you have a need. Okay. That's it. If you um, if you have any sort of need, and and sometimes it's just to talk. We mm-hmm. have a lot of people that come in, and they just want to voice a concern or a need. And, and sometimes we can't serve them, like we said before, but we can definitely provide them a resource uh, for them to connect and solve their issue. Right on, right on. And do you only cater to the Latino community? No. Okay. Uh, the only reason that we kind of, um, not only reason, but primarily Latinos, is because we are the only food pantry slash community center that has uh, full-time bilingual staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a lot of bilingual volunteers on it on Monday through Friday. So it's very difficult for a lot of our uh, families to actually go somewhere else, mm. and sometimes they have to wait for a translator, um, you know, and, or wait for that one person who speaks Spanish right. in order for them to get served. So a lot of times, even if they're going to go somewhere else, somewhere where we refer them, sometimes we make the phone call, sometimes we make the connection, we send the email, we fax the paperwork. So we do all those connecting services to ensure that they're being served. Right on, right on. And uh, in our class trip a few months ago, you mentioned that Our Lady of Guadalupe provides a secure facility for your Latino families. What action does the organization create to ensure the safety of your clients? Uh, Anything from uh, the way that our center is structured to um, having security cameras and and, and having – you know, just a, an abundance and amount of people. We make sure that a lot of our files are secure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a security system. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think most securely is the fact that um, we've had clients that have actually told us that it's almost like coming to your sister's home. We try to provide that that welcoming environment uh, from the colors on the wall Mm -hmm. to the staff that we have and the volunteers that we have. I mean, everyone is welcoming. It's a 
uh, we try to ma- be gentle and mm-hmm. and making sure that you know we know and understand that people are maybe in their toughest times when they're coming, but we also celebrate. So we have we celebrate birthdays and we celebrate Cinco de Mayo and. Uh, ch- and Dia de los Niños, Children's Day, and mm-hmm. and Mother's Day, and and Tres Reyes. So we celebrated some of the the cultural things, and and I think when you encompass all those elements, that safety or that word safety kind of is inbred within the organization. Yeah, definitely, definitely, I agree. Uh, each semester, uh, each semester, students like me get to work at Our Lady of Guadalupe or volunteer, and I know personally has been a great experience for me. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Can you talk to us about the interaction between clients and students, and how did this organization or, and OSU students benefit from this partnership? Well, we definitely benefit. Uh, we have uh, well, currently we have two point seven staff, so that means we have two full time people in. Uh, the point seven is two super part-time people. <laughs> and again, like I said earlier, we serve about 800 or so families, uh, over 3,500 individuals, uh, serving over 100,000 meals a year. Wow. That's a lot. That That's is. a lot of work for uh, such a small staff. So uh, having OSU students there is such a plus. We we need uh, help unloading. We need help unloading uh, the pallets of food. We get mm-hmm. fresh fruits and vegetables every week. We get uh, canned foods mm-hmm. and meats and mm-hmm. things that our families are coming for in the pantry side. So um, we need a lot of uh, manpower, a lot of hands. But in addition to that, uh, the OSU students being bilingual, being able to speak Spanish, they also serve as personal shoppers. Right. That interaction and bringing that those two cultures together. Not all OSU students are of Hispanic descent, like you, so it uh, gives them exposure. It gives them um, kind of that that soft feeling of being able to help somebody who really needs them. Um, that welcoming smile, that welcoming. We've been so lucky to get really solid, good OSU students that want to engage with the community. Um, are truly bilingual, and really take a, back a lot of the culture piece. Um, and so so there's a win-win. Uh, we're hoping that we're giving enough to them in the exposure piece, and then obviously for us we benefit in having the, the, those hands. And we're even discussing on uh, possibly getting some of our OSU students to volunteer as ESL teachers. So mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to expand that partnership beyond just the pantry. Right on, right on. Well, you know, good luck with that uh, initiative. Good luck. Um, From your personal experiences and or your families, how does the work you do at Our Lady of Guadalupe impact you and or them? Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) Every day is probably different. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, it's not boring, (laughs) a lot of people say. Um, But it's challenging. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of... um, Things going on not only uh, with our families at the pantry, but with the the politics mm-hmm. and the things going around the DACA, mm-hmm. the immigration issues, um, just the issue of poverty within the Columbus community. So, so you're dealing with city issues, county issues, federal issues, national issues, um, the issue of loneliness, and a lot of those things. So, um, the impact is is vast. Um, uh, for me, again, it's 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 a blessing. It really challenges me to be creative, to be open, to be flexible. It's definitely not a rigid type of environment. 
yes, there's a lot of administration that we need to do um, to keep track of what we're doing and and tr- be true to our grant uh, funders and our and our and our funders in, in general. But at the end of the day, it's really about serving and being focused on helping each individual, each household, each family to get to a better place. Whatever that path may be, we work together with them uh, to get them to, whether it's an appointment, whether it's a doctor's appointment, whether it's just a simple translation of a document. Um, Most recently, we've been um, working a lot with the Puerto Ricans that have recently come to Columbus due to the impact of the hurricane. Mm -hmm. So... Many of them are coming. They're having to learn English. Uh, they're American citizens. But mm-hmm. the infrastructure of our city is different mm-hmm. than it is in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. than it is in the island. So just that adjustment and them having somewhere that they can come and mm-hmm. feel safe and feel uh, comfortable with asking questions and us meeting those needs. We may not meet all the needs, but we can definitely try to make it just a little softer landing for them here in Columbus. That's right. That's right. And I would say, what is the easiest part of your job? <laughs> the families. Uh-huh. I mean, I get uh, uh, we get to partake in the families from zero mm-hmm. to eighty. Mm-hmm. We get to hear about them getting married, getting engaged, having babies getting a job, learning English, feeling comfortable, going out there and doing that interview, and uh, many of them coming back and saying, hey, I no longer need to come to the pantry, but I still need a little help on the English side. Or I have a job now, and look at me. And um, Those are the things that we are there for, to, mm-hmm. to, to celebrate and partake in those successes that we see. We miss them if they leave, but at the same time, that's the main reason we're there. And if they want to come back and celebrate with us, like we said earlier, uh, we celebrate Mother's Day and and other national holidays that have impact in our community, then they're more than welcome. But just really um, having that opportunity to, to, I get gozar with our families is great. Right, right, right on. And uh, I will say, what is the most, well, I guess you answered that question as well. Um, yeah, uh, you mentioned about having challenges earlier. Uh, what do you do to try to overcome those challenges? If So, again, we're a small staff, so mm-hmm. a lot of times if we don't have the answer, we do have to reach out. So a lot of times it's, um, sometimes when we're organizations, they have a fear of reaching out and um, asking for help. Mm-hmm. And we do not uh, fear that right because at the end of the day it's about helping that family helping that individual so being able to reach out to a lower lights reaching out to a mount carmel reaching out even to an aep AP comes in and mm-hmm. helps our clients reading their electric bill some of these things are very confusing even to us who are born and bred here in the united states um even more difficult for people that are coming from different from a different com- country and mm-hmm. a different way of life so um it's just very rewarding Good. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think this concludes our podcast. Ramon, again, I want to thank you, truly, truly thank you for talking about yourself, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and the work that you do for the organization. Thank you for all that you do to serve the Latino community. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y hasta la próxima. Yeah.